All right, guys, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. I got a great episode for you today with a good friend of mine, Noah Cochran. Noah is one of the best, if not the best, ultra runner right now on the East Coast. And uh, he's really humble about that. So that's me speaking. I truly believe that. He's an awesome athlete. He's an awesome human being, very wise, especially for his age. And uh, we just took a trip up to Salt Lake City, Utah to record a podcast, actually. I was a guest on a podcast out there. And we got to go on a couple missions while we were out there. Um, Pretty intense, pretty intense missions where we got in some situations that were a little bit hairy, and uh, we worked through it, and we got out of it uh, safe and alive, and we learned a lot of lessons. So we wanted to record this podcast just to pass those lessons along to you guys and just to share the story because it was an amazing weekend, without a doubt. I hope you guys enjoy it. It was also the first time that I've really traveled and flown since all this virus stuff happened. So I don't watch a lot of news. I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of input from the outside world. I kind of shut myself off to that, to that type of uh, media. So it was, it was very interesting to gain a little perspective on what was happening outside of this kind of bubble that I live in here in Georgia. So we talk a little bit about that too. All right, little housekeeping. Today's episode is brought to you by Salty Britches. This is the only anti-chafing cream that I use. I believe in this product. I've used it dozens and dozens of times on 100-plus mile races. It uh, The way it works, the way I use it, is I take Salty Britches anti-chafing cream. I put it on any hot spots that would normally chafe on my body. Make sure I put a thin layer there. And then also, I use it on my feet. So anytime I'm running a long distance, I'll take and I'll put a thin layer of salty britches on my entire foot, and then I'll pull my sock on over top of the salty britches, and it is good to go. This stuff stays on. It works. One application is going to get you through 24-plus hours of movement, nice and comfortable and chafe-free. If you guys want to buy some salty britches, go to getsaltybritches.com. Use the pro code 3 of 7 for 20% off your purchase. Please go follow Salty Britches at Get Salty Britches on Instagram. Awesome product. Thank you, Salty Britches, for supporting me as an athlete and supporting the 3 of 7 podcast and all the people that listen to this show. The next sponsor of today's show is Exoskin. You guys have heard me talk about Exoskin because they are a huge supporter of the 307 podcast. They've been with us pretty much from day one. They were the the first company that chose to buy into and sponsor this show, which was a tremendous help when we were first getting started. Um, Exoskin makes the best fitness apparel on the market. Their mission is to offer solutions that really work, and Exoskin really works exactly the way they say it works. Um, Whenever, wherever, and whatever you do, whether you cross-train, lift weights, run, climb, bike, hike, or serve and protect, Exoskin has a product, an apparel product, that's going to work for you. If you're out really pushing yourself, you're generating sweat, 
this stuff channels moisture away from the skin. It helps mitigate um, chafing. It has copper fibers woven into the fabric that eliminate odor. It's just all around a great fitting, great functioning piece of apparel to wear out in the field when it really counts. Okay, this stuff isn't made to go wear uh, out on a date with your wife. This stuff is made to function out on the battlefield of life. If you guys want to buy some Exoskin, you want to give it a try, go check them out at exoskin.us and follow them on Instagram at exoskinusa. Use the pro code 3 of 7 when ordering your Exoskin. And that's going to give you 20% off your purchase. Great products, guys. I've been using them now for years. Huge supporters of 307 Project and 307 Podcast. So please support the companies that support our mission. Um, Your mission, really. We're all in this together. And I wouldn't be able to have a podcast if you guys didn't listen to it. Last thing, I want to thank everybody that supports us on Patreon. You guys the sponsors, and our supporters on Patreon have made this show possible, and we will continue to deliver as much content as I can possibly accumulate, as many awesome conversations and lessons as I can possibly learn. Um, Your support makes it all happen, so thank you guys so much. Without further ado, here is me and Noah Cochran to talk a little bit about what we've been doing for the last few days. Enjoy it. All right. So, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. I got a special guest here with us today, Mr. Noah Cochran, uh, one of the best ultra marathon runners on the East Coast right now. He's up and coming. If you guys haven't heard of Noah, then uh, I don't know. I don't know where you've been because we've raced against each other multiple times. We've pushed each other on a high level, and uh, we've really forged a, a strong brotherhood between us through those, you know, through that adversity, I guess, that, that, and that competition uh, when we went back. And, and you've been on the 307 podcast before. Yeah. Absolutely. It's been a while ago. Yeah, it was one of your first ones. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the early episodes. I think me and Noah did a episode right after the Georgia Jewel, and that was where Noah took first place at that 100-mile race. I was second place, and um, that's where we first met each other was out there at that race. And, yeah, we've been pretty tight ever since. We raced against each other a month or so ago out at Mid-State Mile, that's a whole story in and of itself. That's not what this podcast is about, though. This podcast is about, basically, it's an after-actions report for this weekend. Like, well, we call it the weekend. I guess it was a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yep. We don't really keep up with what day it is anymore. So, <laughs> we, it's like maybe the same time frame as a weekend, but it wasn't actually the weekend. Anyways, so we'll just start from the top, man. So I wasn't. Uh, I'm. By the way, I'm spitting in a trash can because I don't have a spit. I don't have a spit bottle in here with me. Um. Anyways, so uh, yeah, man. So I got invited to come out and be a guest on a pretty large podcast out in Utah. 
Salt Lake City area, and I love that area. I love the mountains in that area. I don't <laughs> yeah. necessarily love the city life there, but I love the the Wasatch Mountain Range. Um, I had been out to Salt Lake City almost exactly a year from this trip that we just took. So almost a, exactly a year ago, I went out there to do another podcast, and uh, I kind of that's when I kind of fell in love with that Wasatch Range, right? So when I had this invitation to go back out there and do a different podcast, of course I said yes, but I'm not. I, I didn't want to go solo. I wanted a I wanted a swim buddy. Because I got a little taste of those mountains up there, and I realized, you know, they're tough. You don't want to be out there by yourself. No, it's uh, it's definitely completely different than anything we have out here. And, you know, you can do it alone, but like you said, it's it's fun to enjoy those that new landscape with somebody else and, you know, have a, have a backup out there. A hundred percent, man. And that's my thing is, like, I told you, we talked about it on the trip, it was like, Man, it's, I mean, I've been all over the world, man, and seen all this beautiful stuff. But every time I, I like see something that's magnificent, like some beautiful, whether it's a summit or, you know, whatever um, in the mountains or out in nature, the, I like look at it, I take it all in, and then immediately my mind goes to, I want to be able to share this with somebody that I care about. And I, you know, that's a big part too of me wanting a swim buddy there because it's so much more impactful. It's so much more powerful when someone's there with you that you can share it with. You know, the memories I think last longer. They're they're more powerful. So, anyways, I hit Noah up like what a day in advance. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a whole lot lot of time, did I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a last-minute invitation to go out and, and be on this podcast. So um, I hit him up a day in advance. I was like, hey, man, you got to work this week. He said, no, nah, I'm, I'm off. And uh, so he rogered up, and he said, yeah, man, let's go. I'll go with you. So I said, all right. We, we booked some plane tickets. Noah's never flown on a plane before. <laughs> I, I told this dude, I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, uh, this is what time we want to leave. I'll send you over the the flight number for whatever flight I book, and you hit me back up, and you're like, uh, I've never flown before, and my dad said to tell you to make sure that you know that I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing. Yeah, not a clue. I mean, I, I really... I've I've never flown before, and there was a point in my life where I thought I would never fly, but... Whenever you asked me to go, that didn't really cross my mind. I was like, I've always wanted to go out there, so let's do it. Yeah. He rogered up, man, and I ended up taking the uh I ended up taking charge on booking the flight. So I booked our flights together just to make sure Noah didn't freaking make a mistake <laughs> and book a flight to somewhere down in Mexico or something. That could have happened. Uh, so <laughs> That worked out good. So, like the adventure, once he rogered up, the adventure began. And the next day, Noah, you came out here to my house. Uh, we went for a run. That was the first time we had ever ran together and not been competing. That's yeah, the first time we had fun. ever ran, ran together for pleasure. I thought that was pretty cool, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, that was a great run. You know, I've never, I've never ran where we, where we ran on Tuesday, and uh, 
you know, but that's kind of a stomping ground for you. And it was just fun to get to run it together and see what that loop was all about and uh, just get to get to experience kind of training with each other instead of racing each other. Yeah, it was definitely a lot different. And the only thing that I didn't like about it is that you run up, you run up those mountains and I hike up those mountains. Hey so, man, if it ain't, uh, if it ain't deep into a race and I'm on all fours, it's, it's time to run, dude. <laughs> I don't run up hills, dude. I hike up hills. Yeah. Well, hey, climbing, climbing's my favorite thing. Going down is where it gets rough. So, and you, you can go down all day. Yeah. That's where I make my money at is on the downhills, but you definitely made me feel like I wasn't putting out hard enough when you ran up that Jenkins Gap trail, man, because that song on is brutal, dude. I ain't never even thought about running up that trail. It's steep, man. It is. We got some steep stuff out here, too, and it was. I thought that was an interesting dynamic, too, how we kind of got a good training run out here on some hard terrain and a hard climb and, and then got to go out there and just see something completely different and mm-hmm. something – that ended up being what nine thousand feet higher, or shoot, I mean, yeah, yeah, at least that I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, what? So, so yeah, we had a good run the day before. Um, yeah, that's that. We Brooke took some awesome pictures of Noah. There's a picture on. If you don't follow Noah on Instagram, you need to go follow him because Brooke took a picture of him coming out of the lake, and man, he's a good looking dude. <laughs> And he's single. Noah's single. Well, we talked about that. What a you got to define what single means. I don't have a girlfriend, but I think I've got some, some. Uh, I'm tied up in other things. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, you got some other loves. That's for sure. That was a yeah. That was a good picture, though, man. I mean, I've looked at it a couple of times, and I'm a heterosexual male. <laughs> Dude, she is. You know, it just it's a testament to how. How good Brooke is at taking pictures if she can make me look good. Both of us, man. I think the same thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's that, man. We ate some dinner. We got up the next morning at 3 a.m. That would have been Wednesday morning, right? Right. Yeah, Wednesday morning. We got up at 3 a.m. Wednesday morning, drove to the airport. Our flight left at 6 a.m., Quite a drive to the airport. So, flight left at 6 a.m. Man, I don't care who you are. You wake up at 3 a.m., son. <laughs> I don't I do not do that, man. Yeah, that's uh, so, that's not a normal day. No, nah, man, that's not a normal day. But and, and, two, for it to be your first time flying, you know, there's a lot going on in your head. There's a lot, a lot to take in. There's, you know, so what I'm trying to say is <clears throat> it was it was taxing. You know, before we even got to the base of the mountain, it was taxing mentally yeah. um, sure. and physically from a sleep standpoint, you know, because sure. we set up and talked the night before. It wasn't like we went to bed at 7 o'clock, you yeah. know. It, we, we didn't get to bed till probably close to midnight, got a couple hours of sleep, and uh, flight was good. What was it? What, what do you think in, on your first time flying, man? Anything? Is it what you thought it would be? I mean, it, it was, it's no big deal. I didn't really think it was going to be a big deal. like, But I didn't know what to expect. You know, I've never, mm-hmm. like, once again, I've at one point in my life, I never thought I would fly, <laughs> yeah. fly anywhere. But it's, I mean, I, you know, I didn't have any expectations or any qualms about it. Just 
get in the plane and go, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good flight. No turbulence. Yeah. Easy day. Yeah. And we landed in Salt Lake City like 7.30 their time, I think. 7.45 their time, maybe. Because we lost two hours yeah. on the flight. And we go get in our rental car and drive straight to the base of the Wasatch Mountains and immediately start our hike. All right. A year ago when I was in Salt Lake, there's a peak out there in the Wasatch Range called Lone Peak. If you guys run, if you wear shoes called Ultras, there's a, a shoe that Ultra makes called Lone Peak. So it's a destination peak. Like, it's very well known. Um, but when I was out there a year ago, I was trying to get that peak, and I ran out of time yeah. because I had to do that podcast, and I had to come back down. And, you know, so that that had been on my mind, like in and out of my mind for a year straight. So we drove straight there, and we start headed up the mountain, man. Yeah, it was, what was it, 9.30 their time? I think it was 9, I think we stepped off at nine thirty. about 9.30, yep. Yeah, and had the route picked out, and uh, yeah, just got going, filled up our water, got all of our food ready, just did it. We had pretty, uh, we had some pretty heavy packs too. I mean, we didn't go up, we weren't running. No, and, and that's another thing that was, uh, you know, unique to me. And, you know, so much of this trip was foreign to me and a lot of firsts and a lot of new stuff. And part of that is because I'm, you know, young, I think, you know, just haven't had even the opportunity to do a lot of this. But, uh, you know, so some of the, some of the new aspects of that hike for me were, were carrying a heavy pack. You know, I've only the heaviest thing I ever carry is a little Nathan vapor air pack with a little bit of water in it. And, yeah. and even that I'm like, man, I want this off so I can run free, you know? Uh, and this was pretty, I mean, it wasn't heavy, but it, it was way more weight on my back than I'm used to. So that was another first that, you know, just had to, just had to see, uh, how it would, how it was weighing me down, but it was it was good, man. Yeah, and the thing about it is, too, man, <clears throat> those mountains up there, I knew from a little taste that I had had of them a year ago, like, you you don't go into those mountains half-cocked. You're right. You know, you got to have some extra gear on you, Yeah, especially it ended up being, I think it ended up being more than either one of us expected it to be <laughs> from a difficulty standpoint, but... You you gotta have some extra gear when you go up into those mountains. It's not it's not just a freaking run, you know. Oh, it's no. different. No, I mean, how much of that is even feasible to run? You know, a lot. You could go light and run. You know, a lot of that first part, but then, you know, it gets to a point where it's like you're not gonna be running from what two miles from the top anyway. Two or three miles, yeah. You know, I mean, period. You're yeah. not running that. So yeah. So the first section. The first section of that mission was, I mean, nothing really sticks out to me about it, really, all the, all the way from the bottom up to that outlaw cabin. Yeah, it's just a long, you know, steady climb. Long, sustained climb. Sustained yeah. climb that, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing to really stick out at all because it's just what we do. <laughs> but it's, I mean, other than the beauty of it, you know, like I had never been out there and just a just, different type of beauty. Yeah, yeah, man. I was just trying to take that in because it, 
you know, I just enjoy that so much, and it was so beautiful and so new to me. I was uh, really wanting to take it in as much as I possibly could. Um, so we get up to the outlaw cabin. It's this little cabin. It's probably like three miles from the summit. You know, and we had come from basically sea level in Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta has a negligible <clears throat> elevation. Yeah. And so at Outlaw Cabin, we were probably somewhere around 9,000 feet. So we had went from basically sea level <clears throat> that morning when we left at 6 a.m. to about 9,000 feet uh, up to that Outlaw Cabin spot. And I thought that was going to wreck us, man. I was really surprised that that didn't have – I mean, I don't feel like it had any effect on us. I really don't either. And and honestly, as far as my expectations going in, you know, whether this is just overconfidence in my own abilities or, or just ignorance of where we were really at, I don't know. But I was just – I mean, I went in thinking altitude can't affect me, you know. And I think part of that, no joke – is why we were sitting there at 9,000, and I was like, I feel like I'm at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a like when I say this, I'm also saying at the same time, we had just climbed, what does it start, 5,000? I we think were, it starts around 5,000. So that 000. was already 4,000 feet in a pretty short amount of mileage. I mean, yeah. it's we're, none of this. We're not saying this is a, a walk around your, your neighborhood park, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it having respect for what we were doing, it wasn't that hard you know it was it was just it's what we do so yeah but but man just a quick side note on that spot too when we did sit down there for the first time just to get some more water rehydrate and and eat a little something i mean looking around that man dude it's just it's captivating like the beauty that's around you yeah it's a cool spot it really is i mean and I mean, I think that I think that the Appalachian Mountains that we live in have a very unique beauty, and and I think what stands out to us so much about those those Western mountains is, you know, it's just different to us. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. It's not like the way we're talking about it doesn't mean that where we're at isn't amazing. I wouldn't move out there. I don't want to live out yeah, there. I want to live here. right where I'm at. I yeah. mean, that's why I'm so thankful I live here. But it like we just I just experienced something totally new, so I'm taking it in for the first time, you know, and it was so different. So that's why I'm speaking of it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm like I I went out and saw it and was just oh man, the Appalachian Mountains at home. What am I doing over there? Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean that. I mean, it's arguably prettier here. I mean, it's just it's just totally it's different, perspective. Man. Yeah, yeah. it's totally different and so so beautiful, and I I love seeing it. I feel like from the outlaw cabin to the summit, though, is where the, the as far as the on the up section goes, that's where the work really started. Yeah. Was just shortly after that outlaw cabin. And pretty much you come out, you're on a pretty well-defined trail up past the cabin, maybe a half mile past the cabin, and then all of a sudden you come out and you're you're just in a, a boulder field. Yeah. It's just a straight-up boulder field. I mean, these boulders are, heck, man, some of them are bigger than my house, you know, and we're just following these little rock carns. So a rock carn is just a stack of smaller rocks that people will put up to mark the trail 
you know, in a boulder field or somewhere where there's not a, a clearly defined trail like on a dirt surface. Right. So we just start following these rock carns and like there's a lot of false summits up there too. So yeah. we're looking ahead. We can see way ahead and we're thinking, man, which one of those is is Lone Peak, you know, which could it be that? Could it be that? And man, we're we're moving, we're getting higher, higher. The 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 rock carns get pretty sparse. Sparse, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of times when, you know, we couldn't see the next one. And we pretty much just had to go, up, go move forward and just kind of find the route. So it was a lot of route finding through there. And then, you know, you'd see another rock carn 200 yards down the hill or something. And we'd go back down there and kind of pick back up on the kind of the marked route. So we get, we top out on this little, this little false peak, basically. Right. And boom. <laughs> There's when you see Lone Peak, it's unmistakable. Yeah. So as soon as we topped out on that little ridge, it was like, oh, that's Lone Peak. Yeah. It's freaking unmistakable, man. Yeah, it's completely unmistakable. And then like what's funny is you keep talking, you know, you kept saying like these false peaks and kind of wondering, well, is that it and that it? And then, you know, we're how high are we at this point? And we come out on that ridge, like you're saying, and then you're then you see what's unmistakably Lone Peak, and then you're like, we ain't even halfway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, you really, it is like that, the last mile or half mile of Lone Peak, you got to get to there to be halfway. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, because the, the, the final, I mean, the final, if you want to call the final push, that last what maybe 150 meters 100 100 yards something like that you know you're moving le way less than a half a mile per hour yeah you're you are just crawling um but anyways we'll get there sorry yeah. so yeah we're jumping ahead no man we top out we saw that we could see lone peak um you know and that's one point i think that's around the point where you you kind of slowed down a little bit. And I think it was because we had to change our stride so much in there, man. What was going through your mind there? What were you working through? Because, you know, that was that. I, I distinctly noticed that you were you would be on you were on my heels the whole day. And then yeah, there we was just, that just that little stretch where, you know, I'd look back and you'd be 30 or 40 yards behind me. Yeah. So what was going on there? Yeah, I mean, I was just, you know, we got to that like you said, boulder field, and it's just like steps, you know. I mean, it's just walls of rock, you know, and I'm just uh, – I think it was just a combination of I'm not used to that kind of – I mean, it really turned into rock climbing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm just I'm, – you know, I'm not used to that, and, uh, and I was just trying to be deliberate even on that part too, and as my – you know, as we got up high, like I said, aerobically I was – I mean, honest to goodness, I don't really think it was much of an effect at all. Yeah. Um, but, dude, my legs were heavy, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think it was just as much of that we had just climbed 5,000 feet. I don't it, even think it was that. I mean, it, yeah. It, I think it was just I, because I, I know you're capable of climbing 5,000 feet easily. Yeah. I think it was more of that stride change and then yeah. maybe the little bit of extra weight on your back. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was – 
I mean, even what I'm saying is like, I didn't think it was, I mean, there was no problem. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, yeah. like, when you said working through it, I mean, I was just trying to work through getting to the dang top, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just, you know, just keep putting out effort. I mean, I, yeah, I was slowing down. I guess I, well, yeah, I just, I just, I like got to get more fit, dude. I just like to highlight that portion of the hike because it makes, made me feel good to be that far out in front of you. Yeah. So, um, anytime that I can, get out in front of you and feel like I'm faster than you. Yeah. I really want to highlight that to everybody that's listening. So that's the main <laughs> reason I wanted to talk about you having to work through that slow spot, no, man. No, no, but like legitimately, I was thinking what you were saying <laughs> legitimately there. Like you were, you were hiking on that. I mean, so much faster than me. So strong on that. It just makes me feel so good, dude. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be serious here, and you're... There's not, I mean, there's not very many times that you get to feel like you're faster than Noah Cochran. No, I mean, th that that wasn't that wasn't anything that, like, you, you didn't encounter anything that was making you slow down in that, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we were... Just the bullfrog. I'm the bullfrog, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. Freaking bullfrog versus the grasshopper, man. Uh, I what, that's what was going on right there. It was. It was it a race to the top? No, man. I mean, it was just. I mean, I feel like anytime we're together, we're kind of racing. Yeah. Well, now you gotta you gotta set that out up front though, because I would have got to that cabin about hour and a half ahead <laughs> of you. <laughs> I could have, if we had said it was a race from the get go, I could have got to that cabin and took well, a nap and then st and t went that last section as slow as I wanted to. We're bro. only racing when I'm in front. So when we're okay. telling parts of the story where I'm in front, that's when I'm going to say, okay. well, we were actually racing up there, yeah. but <laughs> no, but, know. but just to be clear, I'm not trying to sound like that wasn't a hard section. I mean, I was slowing down. He's saying that for a reason. I mean, that was a hard section that i was slowing down on that was new to me and that was just like a like it was a total change of stride and just i mean i was just trying to work through it and yeah i mean i wasn't going fast like if we could go back i'll try to i'll try to do it faster next time just you know try you, to you will learn grasshopper <laughs> you will learn think so i think we did all right talk me through that dang last section man that last 200 meters or whatever it was yeah because that freaking mess was for real dude yeah well i want to hear your side of the story because i already know what i think about it well when we get up you know i guess what you'd say 200 yards from the actual summit you know it's literally to the point where a fall would kill you i mean we were talking about that as we were doing it you know, and that's not a joke, you know, and you're not in situations like that very often, really. You have to put yourself in situations for that to be the case, mm -hmm. to where a misstep literally kills you. I mean, you can misstep on a training run, on a normal training run, and... Twist your ankle. And twist your ankle, at worst. You know, on this, you know, you, you, could, you could no longer exist if you misstep. It was a thousand foot... At least a thousand foot sheer vertical drop on both sides. Yeah, I mean it's uh it was just something totally new to me. But 
you know, I, I think this may be a little bit different than what your perspective from it. And I'm interested to hear what you say. Uh, but I think this kind of goes back to what I said about altitude, like whether it's just me having too much confidence or just being dumb or something. I don't know. Like when we were in that situation, I had zero nerves. I mean, I wasn't ner- I, I wasn't afraid to fall and lose my <laughs> lose my life as mm-hmm. strange as that sounds because I don't want to obviously but I'm just I, I I've gotten to the point where I just don't fear things like that like we had we had made it clear what we were going to do before we started hiking we were going to reach the top of Lone Peak so when we were 200 yards from the finish and it was getting really hard way harder than it had been all day what we had decided at the bottom was still true. Mm-hmm. That that hadn't changed because it just all of a sudden got hard. I mean, it it was it was even more clear. So it was just push as as slowly, but it was pushed to to the summit, and that's what we did. And golly, it was slow, man. Every step had to be absolutely calculated, and you know, I think it did make me more, take it more serious when you looked at me and said like, listen, Noah, tighten up, you know, like Mm -hmm. focus. This ain't just where we were at earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I did start taking it. It didn't make me start getting nervous or afraid, but it did make me like, you know, don't just, don't just step anywhere (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't just put your hand here and take your hand off and, and just go this way and just, uh, Oh, slip a little bit. No, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's yeah. not, it's not funny. It's not, it's not something to mess with. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to give you the picture of like, it's not to make this out to be like we did the hardest thing in the world, but it, it's, it wasn't a, it wasn't a joke. It yep. wasn't easy, you know, but yep. once again, we did that. We did what we needed to do got serious and uh and accomplished accomplished what we set out to do so yeah i'd like to hear your perspective too well i mean you brought up a lot of interesting points man you know first being <clears throat> you you mentioned that when i kind of looked back at you uh, and i told you a couple of times hey man stay tight like just you, you gotta stay you gotta stay honed in right here. And it's not because you weren't being tight, like you weren't being sloppy. Well that's what you, I, yeah, you weren't being careless. It's just I I wanted to emphasize that. Um because you're a leader. Well yeah, and, and because I a lot of the reason that I'm alive today is because of those moments, similar moments like that where you're in a situation where one little thing it's going to kill you if you do one little thing wrong, one little slip, one little procedure, one thing that you shouldn't have done, it will likely end your life. And so I've seen that happen in my old job where, you know, guys that just, you you even called it one time like the ne- that next level of awareness. Yeah. Like I think you... We had that conversation. Maybe it was yesterday or something. Yeah. But, yeah, it's taking that level of awareness up a notch. Yeah. Intentionally. Well, if if you don't mind me explaining why I said that really quick, it's because you're always aware, dude. Like, on a level that I'm not familiar with. 
I mean, seriously, that I haven't seen any other people that I'm not familiar with myself. You're always aware, but I saw a noticeable jump mm-hmm. in that situation from somebody who is already literally constantly acutely aware of the severity of the situation. Someone that's already that way, I literally saw a jump in their level of awareness. Mm-hmm. That means it's time to take this serious. Well, I appreciate that, man. I, I mean, I think that you could have did that without my words, but well, yeah, uh, my, you I'm, know, my my I mean, word. The, the, I was just telling you that just just to get you to snap in, make sure that you were locked into that next level of awareness. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, could have done it without you saying that. Sure. Yeah. Could have fell without you saying that. Possibly. Possibly. Exactly. That's exactly right. So that's what that was all about. You know, and you you talked about the fear too, being in a in a situation like that, and just like Noah said, man, this this isn't like scaling the the dawn wall in Yellowstone like without ropes. I mean, it's not that freaking extreme, but I I am telling you, if you step the wrong way, <laughs> you are done. Yeah, no questions asked. So, uh, the threat of death was very real and very present and i'm cool with that yeah you know that gives us an opportunity to practice controlling fear okay fear fear i will actually use fear to sharpen me so that fear is exactly what takes me to that next level of awareness Fear's not a bad thing, really. Fear's a bad thing when you when you let it take control over you. Yeah. And, you know, say we would have got halfway up to the peak or even on to the actual summit, and then you realize you've got to go back down. Going down is actually harder than going up on when you're bouldering. Of, yeah. And that fear can freeze you. So that's when it's bad. But the it's not bad to recognize fear because that emotion's popping up for a reason your body is you it's telling you it's sending signals to your brain that fear is telling you like you better get freaking locked on man yeah this is for real so that noticeable shift you saw in me was because of my my awareness of fear yeah my awareness of the presence and the reality of potentially dying right there during that activity yeah so that's what it was for me and it was cool man because being when you put yourself in those positions you have to put yourself intentionally in dangerous places to practice controlling that fear exactly you know that was a that was a controlled scenario we could have stopped and turned around we could have done whatever we wanted to do like it was we were totally in control um, but it was at the same time for real, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. important, I think, to, to go to those places. If you are, if you're on that level, you know, you got to start off slow with this stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. But, um, it's important to go to those places and then practice controlling that fear and actually using it yeah. to bring you to that next level of awareness which is where you're going to be performing like at the at your top level. Like you're performing when you reach that next level of awareness, 
and that little bit of fear is involved and that nearness of death, potential death, dude, you're like... Your performance is through the roof. Oh, my gosh, dude. Just your your how present you are, how yeah. conscious you are of every footstep, hand placement, everything on your whole body. It's a whole nother freaking level, man. And you, you know what's funny to your point about that is like the performance increase when that happens is, you know, we're talking about before we reached the summit. So it had been a long time since we had eaten anything. It had been a long time. I mean, I wasn't, I was getting pretty dehydrated already at that point. Like, were you hungry or thirsty during that? No. That, that last push? No. Not at all. That's what I'm saying. Like your performance goes through the roof where literally all these external factors, like in like hunger, a little bit of, you know, it wasn't serious hunger or thirst, but a little bit hungry, a little bit thirsty. That goes away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything in your body is locked on to making the right foot placement. It, it's, it's not thinking anymore about, Oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. As you're stepping yep. like, no, it's so when, when, if you can dial that in, I mean, it may, it may even be a mistake to dial that in like every day. Oh, a hundred. It's exhausting. <laughs> like you it, can't it's dial exhausting. it in. Yeah. But, but you know, if you can do that, like when kind of on command, mm-hmm. like in a race, you know, in a race situation, like your performance goes beyond what you think you're capable of. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent, man. That's a really cool takeaway because I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah, you don't have, you're not thinking about eating, you're not thinking about drinking. You're no. just, yeah, no, that's a really cool no, takeaway, yeah, man. If you had a, you know, your hip was hurting or whatever, like not anymore. No, you know? heck no. So we hit the summit, man. It was freaking awesome. It was everything that there's actually two summits up there. So we went over the top of the one. You know, there's a marker there. And then the actual true summit, there's a marker on both, but you go down into a little saddle and then you boulder up to the actual summit. I think it was like eleven thousand two hundred and fifty feet or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't yeah, some somewhere around there. So it was up it was up pretty high. Still felt good. I mean, I felt like I definitely could have could have went higher oh, if, yeah. if we needed to. Oh yeah. Um All right, yep, and then coming back down. All right, coming back down from the summit was pretty much a reverse of what we just described. It was like yeah. going up. I mean, it's super locked on, come down, and uh, we're going back down the boulder field following the rock carns after we came off the summit. It's not quite as dangerous down there. I mean, you're going from you're going from a situation where you might die to a situation where you might break your leg or yeah. I mean, you could crack your skull open. But, you know, it's not, it's not that bad, right? So we get down, and we end up missing our turn to go back onto the Cherry Canyon Trail. Logging trail. Yeah, which is what we came up. We missed that turn because it's not freaking marked. I mean, it's marked with rock carns, dude. And so we end up on this alternate route, the Jacob's... I think Jacob's Ladder Trail or whatever. Yeah, we're on this alternate route. I have a map. The trails on the freaking map are not what is on the ground. I mean, that's, dude, that's like, these maps are like from like the freaking surveyors that went out there in the 1940s or something, dude. So, but 
And so one mistake. When we realized we were not on the trail that we came up on, we should have freaking turned around and went and found the right trail. I knew that this Jacob's Ladder Trail, I knew that it went down close to where we needed to come out at. That's part of the reason why I decided to stay on Jacob's Ladder Trail and not turn around. And I was also thinking, well, we'll also get to see some new terrain. You know, it'll be different. Um, But there was one there's one water source up there it's the one you cross one creek on that cherry uh cherry canyon trail and so once we decided to keep going keep going on the jacobs ladder trail we we knew we weren't going to come across our one water source um we probably had maybe a liter of water apiece at that time, Some, maybe somewhere around there. I don't remember then, but it wasn't where we, you were thinking that we, you know, like there was no thought of, oh, we don't have enough to get down without filling up again. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought we could have got to the bottom just fine with the water that we had. A lesson, huge lesson from this hike, though, is if you're hiking in the Wasatch Range in Utah, if you find a water source, fill all of your freaking water bottles up. Yeah. Because there are not very many water sources up there. No, and that's a that's a that's a serious tip to anybody listening that that does this or really anywhere, I guess, you know, is fill it up. Yeah. <laughs> fill it up. I don't care if you are you know, you haven't drank much and it's already pretty pretty topped off. Mm-hmm. No, fill it up. Fill it up, man. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, and we'll tell you why. Because as we go down Jacob's Ladder Trail, it's going to come out. If we stayed with that trail, it was going to come out like probably like three or four miles west, no, east of where our vehicle was. So there was another trail that splits off Jacob's Ladder Trail. Freaking, I forgot what it's called. Something Draper's Ridge Trail. And I'm like, well, dang, let's just split off a of Jacob's Ladder and get on this Draper's Ridge Trail because it's going to bring us out closer to our vehicle at the bottom of this mountain range. Well, oh, it was a beautiful trail at the beginning. Just a beautiful the trail. The beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really was. I mean, it like, and at this point, I'm like, just, just give you an insight into my head. I'm like, well, this is great. We're getting to see something new. You know, I mean, I didn't think, I thought, I was like, man, we probably should have turned around just because we would have known where we were at. The water source was the main reason we should have turned around. Right, right, you know, but like, you know, and we would have known exactly how we were going down once we got to that cabin, you know, and everything, but, but I was like, man, this is, this is beautiful and I'm glad I'm getting to see something new, you know, because that way I saw Cherry Canyon and... Draper's Ridge, yeah. you know, so it was just neat uh, at that point. At that point, yeah. And and at that point, Draper's Ridge Trail was just like a very clearly defined trail going through the tussock. We were still up high probably, you know, we were probably still eight or 9,000 feet right there. So we had a long ways down. We were never lost. It's, it's so, you can't really get lost up there if you know cardinal directions. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you know, you have to go downhill. I mean, yeah, if you're literally talking lost, no, I mean. It's pretty much impossible. Yeah, there is no lost. You know where you're at. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least enough to not be 
like I'm saying, like lost means you have no idea where you're at. You know, we were lost according to some people by we didn't. We know our exact location, but yeah, we were not lost. Yeah. We, we knew within, within a, within about a, you know, a (laughs) one by one click square of where we were at. Yeah. But anyways, this Draper's Ridge trail, it all of a sudden it gets a little worse. It gets a little worse. Yeah. It gets a little worse. And turns then, into like that dried out creek bed. Yeah. Type thing. Yep. And then it just turns into like a wash. Yeah. A wash. Just a dried out creek bed. And then it just completely disappears. Yeah. We're just in the woods. Yep. We're just like in the woods. And so we got quite a ways to go still. And there's no trail. And for us to turn around and go back up. And reset, it's like, you know. Long way. A long ways and a lot of a lot of extra climbing. Man, I had a compass, you know. We yeah. we knew we knew cardinal direction. So we just decided to carry on. And we go the trail disappears completely. So we start utilizing the game trails. Yeah. Uh, you know, mule deer, there's moose up there. So just deer trails. We start trying to utilize those as much as we possibly can, but obviously they're not always going in the direction that we want to go. So we're kind of on and off those game trails. Um, that's about the time that we pretty much ran out of water. And you had a little like plastic, whatever, yeah, Kroger just, Nestle water bottle yeah, that you had in stuck there. in the pack. And so that, that, became our only source of water for both of us and we were really really like we would just barely sip on that thing we'd pass it back and forth and just barely take a sip because we knew we still had a long freaking ways to go and by the we're bushwhacking at this point yeah so you're not covering ground fast man no i mean it was super slow at that point and you know I guess it's about that time that we ran out of water, too, that, at least in my head, and it was both of us, the objective became keep going downhill. Yeah. Right? Like, and northwest. Northwest. Because we knew that. And, and it was just like, if we're going downhill, once again, we're not freaking lost. Like, go downhill and go northwest, and we'll get there. Yep. Well, and you know what I was thinking with that dang water bottle, man, that we had that we were sharing back and forth. So I had to do this dang call for 30 Days of Excellence with Jesse and Mark at like five, I think it was six o'clock, six o'clock our time. And yeah. Yeah. So I had to do the 30 Days of Excellence call and I was thinking, I'm going to be so thirsty. I was so thirsty eventually by about five o'clock. My tongue was sticking to the top of my mouth, and I was concerned that when I had to go on this call that I was not going to be able to speak because my mouth was so dry. Like, I was freaking thirsty, man. Man, you should have just acted that way on the call and and uh, just been like, oh, I can't, I can't. <laughs> so so we're, we're, we're bushwhacking down this freaking mountain, and uh, following that northwest bearing, and here comes about 5.55, and here's a little dang uh, bush of tr- little scrub oak bush. Yeah, because we had got out in the open. Yeah, we got out into tussock grass finally, 
And then, um, so then we just sit down in the shade under that bush and Noah says, oh, hey man, you probably don't need to stop to do that call, do you? And I'm like, no, Noah, I have to, I'm going to have to stop and be still to, to do this call. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were not liking that at all, dude. Well, I was like how my mind works is we had, we had came upon a problem that wasn't that big of a problem yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, but I was like, why if like knowing that this, you know, like that we're, we're freaking thirsty, you know? And like, I mean, it's once again, it's not that it was imminent that we were going to be badly dehydrated, Mm -hmm. but still it was like, you know, how my mind, I mean, I mean, I'm defending this like, cause I was like, this could get worse if you don't make smart decisions. Like when we were back at the top, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like this could, like, if you're not being smart about things, then it could get to the point where it's like, oh crap. You know, and I just was like, since we know we're running out, let's just keep moving so we're not, you know, waiting and then let it get to a point where it was bad. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's why I said that. And then I was, <laughs> when we said, we all kinds of crap. When we sat down at the bottom of the bush, <laughs> uh, we drank the last of that little bottle of water. We drank the last two sips. Yeah. I had my last sip, which I thought would be enough to, keep my tongue from sticking like I had cotton mouth that I could get through the call. So we were out of water at that point. And like Noah said, we were, I knew we weren't in danger. Yeah. Because I know, you know, in seer school in, in the teams yeah. we went, that's a, like escape and evade type thing. And we went a lot longer without water, but it is uncomfortable when you, the, the, when you get really, really thirsty, it is overpowering the the craving that you have for water. Well, it's it's your body telling you if you do this long enough, yeah, there'll be a serious problem. It's way and, worse than the craving for food. Yo, dude, yeah. And and that's that I mean like in my opinion, I said that because I was I was being smart. I mean, I was you know, I was just I like I think you were freaking out. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I think you were just freaking out a little bit, man. I mean, but that's all right. I mean, you don't have quite the experience that I have, man. Just don't. You just don't have quite. You haven't built that that type of grid up yet, dude. Well, so, <laughs> what 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 kind of us? I mean, no joke. Like that. That's how I work. I'm like, I'm gonna be. That's how I work in a race. You know, it's like I'm not gonna let myself get to the point where I'm dehydrated that it's affecting my performance you know like i'm gonna do something i'm gonna try to take action before then you see you know what i'm saying well uh, well at that point for me like honest to god in my mind at that point i had in my mind i had turned the fact that we were thirsty into an opportunity to practice being thirsty yeah so that's what i had done and so that's why i was I was no longer concerned with the fact that I was thirsty because I had flipped. I, I first I, I did a risk assessment, and I said we're going to get out of here, oh yeah, uh, without a doubt before we have any significant complications or repercussions of being dehydrated. No, and dude, I I knew that too. 
But like at the same time, I didn't know. I like I wasn't convinced of that. I, what if one of us had like fell and? I still, I still think you. Could, I still think that we could have got a a, a we, rescue team in we, there oh, before yeah. there were any significant. I feel like if Dude, one of could, us, we could have. I'm just, yeah, saying, you know. But I, I see where you're going. I yeah, mean, what you, yeah. the way you're thinking is 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 smart. Yeah, and everybody listening to this should think that way because that <laughs> is the way you should think. But for me, I had done that risk assessment. Um, I because I've I've done stuff similar to this for way harder for like the last 15 years of my life. Yeah. I had a good gauge on that risk assessment. Oh yeah. And then I, and then I just flipped it in my mind to say, okay, you know what? I haven't been really thirsty in a long time. Yeah. This is a great opportunity for us to practice dealing with this feeling Mm -hmm. of being super thirsty, bringing that feeling into subjection overcoming it and in carrying on yeah so that's where my head was at in that situation right there and i think it was a good drill for both of us because you don't always get in those positions like you said when you're racing yeah dude you're never you should never get to that point in a race yeah like it's just stupid no well that yeah absolutely not in a race and and what's so cool about that is how you know i for people that don't know I mean, I, I tried to beat the crap out of myself when I train and I, I mean, th- I've gone on, you know, 30 plus mile runs with no food or water, you know, and I do that intentionally to make it hard and to see how I respond and everything else, you know, but then there's also plenty of runs where I'm going on 30 plus mile runs and carrying a ton of crap. Cause I'm trying, you know, it depends on what the objective is. Oh yeah. Okay. So you know, at that point, like in how my, where my mind was at was my objective was to get to the top of Lone Peak and then get back down. It wasn't to, I mean, it was to test myself in all those different, different ways that we did, but it wasn't like a drill to see how long or like to test myself being thirsty. You know what I mean? Oh, that, that became a challenge that we didn't foresee. Exactly. It wasn't and, planned. And so, so when that came up, like I was like, I am going to make the smartest decisions to not get thirsty. Like because that wasn't the goal. And then your mm-hmm. mind went to, oh, we're training. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. training. And and that was just like it's. I mean, Chad knows that I do that and and had no problem with you know. But like in that moment when when my mind didn't go to that new objective, he was just like almost uh smirking and and grinning at me just like oh man you know dude i'm gonna show you who's who's hard right now and it was just (laughs) it was just so cool because like you know we were experiencing that together and just our mind working in different ways and and i mean this is just my opinion neither one was wrong Mm -hmm. like i mean i don't know you're exactly right i mean like i don't see I mean, maybe he disagrees, but I don't see like how I was thinking was wrong or how he was thinking was wrong. It was just, we had decided like I had decided, Oh, I mean, I'm getting thirsty, you know, fairly thirsty. So I'm going to try to, uh, eliminate, I'm going to try to make this last descent as efficient as possible. 
And Chad just said, nah, I'm going <laughs> to try to get a little more thirsty. And it was just, I was just kind of like, well, all righty then. I mean, you know, once, like, you know, we had an objective set before, and then once that became the objective and, and, and he established that to me, and I was, you know, then it was fine, right? I mean, there was no. Yeah. I mean, was there a, I mean, I don't think he would see he would say that I had any problem at that point, but I mean, maybe you would, but no, I was just like, well, let's do this, you know? But I, I mean, heck at the same time, once you got off that call, I was like, let's get to the freaking truck. Oh dude. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, not and and not that I, I enjoy, not that you need me to, to be anything. Cause you, you already are achieving you know, things on a high level without any instruction from me. You don't need me, but I enjoy being able to see you work through stuff. Like, I I, yeah, I really dude. find a lot of enjoyment in just, like, you know, because I have more I have more experience because I've been doing stuff, crazy stuff, for a lot longer time. Like, I enjoy seeing you work through those scenarios in that specific it's not that you haven't worked through those scenarios before but that day was different it was unique it was it was different than any other you know mission that we've ever been out on together or anything like that and it was really funny man (laughs) because when i sat down to that call i immediately thought i thought man this is a great it's just the training never ends because when we sit down to the call it all and then my mind flipped it 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 went from thinking about the water thing to thinking this is a great opportunity for Noah to practice patience yeah another tra- which is one of my <laughs> favorite virtues is patience and, and boy it ain't one of mine <laughs> yeah and, and and so i knew that you were going to have to sit there for an hour yeah while i t- sitting there thirsty bored on a friggin' fully exposed ridge. We had some shade. Sun, yeah. yeah. Sun, but you were sun, I mean, we were sunburned, yeah. nasty. I knew that you were going to have to sit there for an hour while I did my thing. And I thought, I and then it's just training just keeps rolling, man. Because even though we're just sitting there, okay, well, now it's just a, an, an opportunity for you to practice being patient. Yeah. That's, man, it's, it's like it just never freaking ends, dude. You can just keep flipping uh, the situation was, and seeing the value in it. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's there's two things that I, I'm trying to gonna remember to comment off of what you just said, and I, I hope I can remember it because both of them are important to me. But the first one that I know I'll remember is you said that I don't need you, and I disagree with that. Like, I do need you, dude. I mean – there can be a part of me that's like, dude, I don't need nobody. I'm just not, and I am a lone wolf kind of guy, you know, in a lot of ways. But dude, we came across each other for a reason. Yeah. We're sitting here talking right now for a reason. We got to the top of Lone Peak for a reason. I was sitting next to you in a bush thinking you're a nut for a reason, dude. Yeah. Like I do need you, you know? I mean, or else we wouldn't have we wouldn't be in this position. Yeah. So that's what I have to say about that. And uh, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, it was a it was just a good practice for me to have the objective change. Oh, yeah. 
Because that, that's really what the training was. Like, all that kind of fell under that. Like, the patience, the, the water. I mean, it all fell under, like, how do you respond when the objective changes? Mm. Because, like I said before, the objective for me in my head, like, I decide what that is before I start everything. Before I start a race, before I start a training run. The training run may be to run it fast. It may be to run it without any food or water. Races is usually to win. Uh, but you know, I set the objective beforehand and this one was to get to the top of Lone Peak and then get back to the truck. Yep. And then at, at a certain point that no longer was the objective. And I was just like, well, I mean, what, you know, like my objective is still to do that. And then I had to, you know, adapt to a new objective and that was just super cool. I mean, I think you get a lot out of doing that and you know, I just, I got to, I got to get to where I handle that better. Right. I mean, you know, got to get to where he handle everything better, but let me see if I can get this back up. Okay. But yeah, you know that the objective changing, uh, in the middle of a mission is, is, uh, you learn a lot during that. Yeah. But you really do, man. That's a solid takeaway. And and I think what, I, I guess to pair what I was saying with what you just said is accepting the fact that the objective had, has changed and then finding the value and like from a training perspective. Yeah. Finding oh, the value in the new objective. So it went from the summit, then it went from getting through that severe time of drought and thirst. Then it went to the objective change to getting this call done, patience. which was patience. So every time the objective changed, we had a new principle. We had a, a new training principle. We had new value. And it's like we worked on so many aspects, you know, and, and aspects we haven't even talked about. You know, you, you're talking about we're, we're busting through brush down the side of a freaking ridge following a compass bearing not knowing where we were at in a totally foreign environment yeah i mean those are there's stuff going through your head just in just in that activity that's like you're working on stuff i think even on a subconscious level that you know oh, yeah. you know yeah. you don't tap into when you're up here on the trail doing a training run man yeah and i and and I love what you said about subconscious too, because even like when we were thirsty and I was like laying there when you were doing that call, just being like, I'd rather be moving, you know, like it was still fun. Yeah. Like there wasn't a moment of that, that I wasn't having fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about, you know, I mean, I would think you were the same way. Like I was having a freaking ball. Oh, whole, I was having a blast, man. <laughs> the whole time. I was even when I was like, what are we doing? Stopping, yep. you know, I mean, I was just having a ball. So it's, you know, and I think that's that's a huge part of why we do what we do. And, and you know, we've said, like, nobody else really does it like we do it. It's it's fun, you know. Yeah. And you get just, to practice old skills, too, man. Like, one of the old skills that, I, that we got while I was sitting down there doing that call and we ran out of water, I, I – so there's an old trick – if you if your mouth gets really really dry and you're thirsty, if you can put a pe like a pebble in your mouth or something in your mouth and kind of work it, in, it'll help b 
builds it'll help your body create saliva which is gonna make your mouth feel better right like gum just like gum exactly so um i started chewing on a stick yeah and it helps i mean it really helps it it makes your body produce saliva and it makes that cotton mouth kind of feeling uh subside somewhat yeah and um so I broke you off a twig, and you chewed on a freaking twig for a straight hour, dude. And the whole time I was on that call, I was chewing on a twig, man. Yeah, well, it's funny. Those are old skills, man. Yeah, it's funny because I even like doing uh, chewing on like a stick or a thick piece of grass or something too. But like I've never, <laughs> I've never done it because I was freaking out of water. It works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. doesn't it help, man? Yeah, man. It uh, it's just. And it's, you know what it is, just as much as it wets your mouth, is it's a distraction. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you're, you know, it's just a distraction. Like, you've got something in your mouth you're just chewing on, working on. It's, it, you know, it's getting some saliva working, and it's just a distraction. Yeah. You know, but. Old skills, dude. I haven't I haven't had to practice that one in a long time, brother. Yeah. So, that was cool. And then, all right, call was good. We freaking, we freaking get up from the call. And we're like, all right, let's get back locked on. And then you you really took charge after that, man. I think it was, uh, I mean, I think I was lit, sitting there being practicing patience, probably not doing very well practicing patience. And then I was just like, you know what? This, this wacko just made me sit there for an hour. I'm going to tell him we're just, we're going this way, you know? Yeah, you took charge. And I mean, we, like we knew where we were at and I was like, dude, let's go. Let's slide down this. I mean, it was a dang slide, wasn't it? Yeah. But, like, I was like, let's slide down this. Get to, you can literally see where we're headed. Get to that trail right there and then take it to the car. Yep. And and that's what we made it happen. Yep. So, we got down to that aqueduct trail and. Not easily either. I no, mean. no. It, it took a while. Yeah. It took a while to get down to that thing. And then, um, I forget who suggested that we start running. I don't, I don't, I probably you, but I don't, I don't know. It just, it, you know, down there it was flat and yeah. And I was like, well, heck yeah. I mean, it's, I've been wanting to run all day. Yeah. So what? (laughs) So yeah, that, and that was the last push back to the truck, you know, half a mile or something. Yeah. Half a mile or something. And we, uh, instead of freaking being poopy pants, cause we were beat down, thirsty, moping around and just freaking slogging it in. We looked at each other and we were like, "Hey, man, let's run it in." Yeah. And so here we are with freaking straight up packs on, <laughs> beat down. We were probably about, shoot, man, I don't know. We were probably about eleven hours, twelve hours into this evolution. It was a long at day at this man. point. Yeah. And uh, but but we ran it into the truck. Man, that's the type of daggone people. That's that's the type of people that I want to be around, man. You talk about picking a swim buddy for a mission like that. There ain't many people that I would ask to go on a mission like that with me. You got to pick the right freaking people, man. Yeah. You know, and and you're that guy. That's why I asked you to go out there with me. And we looked at each other when we when we got to a point that we knew that we could run, and there was no freaking question. It wasn't like it wasn't like Noah wanted to run and I and I didn't want to run or, or or vice versa. It was like there was no freaking question, dude. <laughs> no, we were gonna we were gonna run it in. That's what you. That's what we do. Yeah, 
And that's just freaking, that's what it is to be a freaking winner, dude. Yeah. You know? That's why it's so cool for me to hear you say that because, like, you know, that's that's not like an act. You know? Like, I'm not, I didn't no. just, like, I, I didn't just, I didn't do anything out there because I was trying to impress you or impress anybody and or vice versa like that's what we do that's it and i and i probably did some things where you were like well that was stupid or that was why'd you do that or why you know why are you complain i mean i didn't i don't feel like i complained because no. like i said i was having fun but like or you know why do you let you because dude i'm not i'm just so not even close to as fine-tuned as you and as like i just i get it it's like it sometimes it doesn't even affect me but I'll just say something that I shouldn't even say. Just say like, you know, I'm thirsty or that. like it's and I, you know, it's just like why even say it? Like, because it didn't make me like stop or slow mm-hmm. down. But it's just like why even say it, dude? You're just talking about something. Don't give your pain a voice, right? Yeah. And it wasn't pain. Like that's another thing is we weren't in pain at all. Well, well, that, <laughs> I think that's one of the one of the weird. The, there's a dynamic to that of when. When we were when we were feeling thirsty, like and you or me, either one would say, "Gosh, dog, I'm a freaking thirsty." Well, that's true. Like you, we you, would laugh about it. Yeah, we were saying that we were we were saying that because it was it was humorous to us. <laughs> yeah, it was like, man, this is freaking awesome. Like we were yeah. laughing at the fact that he, that we were both so freaking thirsty yeah. and talking craving about, water. Talking about licking dirt and stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> So it's just a different dynamic, and you know, swim buddies like that are hard to find. So, but yeah, we got it done. That's pretty much, I mean, as deep as we'll go into that, right there. Um, we went freaking every restaurant in Salt Lake City closes at eight o'clock. It's ridiculous, man. So I mean, what? I n- I've never seen anything like it in my life. That's this why is every- a big city, man. That's why everybody out there is so is so in shape. You know, they ain't eating out. No, they ain't eating out. They just got to, they got to hike up mountains and come back to nothing, dude. (laughs) Yeah, man. Every dang restaurant in that city closed at eight o'clock. So obviously it was after eight o'clock by the time we got down. So we are scrambling, trying to find something to eat because we're dang starving. We finally got some water in us. The water in the vehicle was so hot. Oh, it was it was like you just took it off the stove. So it was dang near undrinkable, but we drank it anyways. And we're looking for Noah finally freaking finds a Chipotle. <laughs> Chucker goes to the Chipotle and just slobs out, dude. Two straight up two Chipotle burritos, one chicken, one steak, a large guacamole, a bag of chips. Chucker eats every bit of that stuff. <laughs> Two, I never in my life seen somebody eat two Chipotle burritos in one sitting. I well, mean, you slobbed out, brother. Hey, I mean, <laughs> we're tr- you know, when it's time to work, it's time to work. And when it's time to to put the fuel back in and... uh, and, it, it didn't sit very well that night, though, oh, did it? good Lord, no. We got up the next morning. I was <laughs> like, Noah, how'd you sleep? He's like, man, I had to get up and use the bathroom three times. <laughs> Yeah, it was, 
Uh, he paid the man for that. So. Yeah, I don't regret it one second though. That was <laughs> it was good stuff, man. Thirteen hours of aid station food, topped off with two Chipotle burritos, yeah, a bag man. of chips, and a large guacamole. Yeah, you didn't get much sleep that night. You paid the man for that, son. <laughs> oh, but man. we got up the next morning, got some feed, uh, went for a run. No, we went for a run first. The next morning. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah. some coffee and then yeah. then uh ran a little bit. Yep. Went out, went out, got a good run in. Then we went and did the podcast. The podcast was very interesting. It's really the conversation was not like any other podcast I've ever done. It was a a very deep type conversation, I thought. Um it's very unique and maybe you guys will see it when it comes out. That's about as far as we'll go on what the podcast was. Great guys. It's great guys. I mean, I wouldn't have rather. It was probably one of my favorite podcasts I've ever been a guest on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was super cool from my perspective to sit in there. And, you know, I was so fortunate that Chad allowed me and they allowed me to just uh, sit there and, you know, and listen to it. So it was it was really neat for me, too. And, uh, yeah, I completely agree that it was a very – interesting and meaningful conversation yeah yeah 100 percent, man so we get done with the podcast probably around 4 p.m and so most people would get done with the podcast at 4 p.m we had already ran yeah we already ran that morning we climbed we did that whole mission the day before and i think most people would have got done with the podcast and been like hey man let's go get some dinner go drink a cold beer go back to the hotel room and chill because we got an early flight yeah. Friday morning. But instead, there's another peak out there in the Wasatch Range called Mount Olympus. It's also a destination peak. Another ultra shoe. Another ultra shoe. <laughs> um, really, really intense, uh, sharp climb up to the top of that thing. So instead of freaking taking the easy road, we went ahead and went out and bagged Mount Olympus too. Yeah. So that took us. We got out to the trailhead maybe around five, four thirty, five o'clock, I something like that. Five. Got our gear straight, went up, summited Mount Olympus. It's no joke, but it ain't no Lone Peak. Yeah, but it's totally different. It's, it's no joke yeah. getting up there. About nine thousand. It's over, over nine thousand. Yeah. And um. Let's see. We got Mount Olympus, came back down. We got to the car. It was straight up. Like, if we would have been five minutes later, we would have had to pull headlamps out. It was dark. Oh, yeah. You know, but we had enough alum from the moon, and we were so close to the dang road. <laughs> we were like, man, we are not stopping to pull our headlamps out. Yeah. Get down there. Of course, every dang restaurant in Salt Lake is closed, except for this one dang sushi bar slash bar Right in downtown, I found it somehow on Google that was open late, and uh, we went out there to eat dinner. We walk in, and <laughs> we have to park in a parking garage like a quarter mile from this place. Yeah, and how many troubles did that give us? A lot. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't get in and out like it, the ticket thing wasn't working. God. We daggone finally get into this restaurant starving. We'd eaten one time that day. We'd eaten breakfast. 
Yeah. We yeah. ate breakfast. Hey, a good breakfast, by the way. Yeah, we ate a good breakfast. Yeah. You're in Salt Lake City, the Park Cafe. That's a free yeah. advertisement. That's good, man. That was good to go, man. <laughs> so we ate had ate breakfast at like 9 o'clock that morning, but we had not eaten again at all, and it was probably 10 o'clock at night at that point. And we get it walked down, finally get in this dang restaurant thinking we're about to sit down and get a good meal. And the dude's like, hey, man, uh, do you have your mask? And I'm like, no, dude. But there on the sign on the door, it said, we will sell you a mask for $2. Yeah. And I was like, no, dude, I don't have my freaking mask, but... <laughs> But I'll buy a mask <laughs> yeah, from you. And he's it. like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. We're out of masks. Yeah. And um, all right. To preface that, here in Georgia, we don't have to freaking wear masks. Okay. Up there, there's like a government mandate yeah. for the whole state or maybe it's just a city. I don't know. But them cats will not let you go walk freaking out of your car without a mask on. All right. So I'm like, dude, I ain't got a freaking mask. And he's like, well, we're out of them. Sorry, man. So we walk a quarter mile back to our vehicle, pull out our little buff things, yeah, and go back to the restaurant with our buff things over our face and literally walk 20 feet and sit down on a table. Well, did you notice what I did when we walked to the table? No. I pulled it down. Like, I didn't even have what? it on. I just had it with me. I mean, Chad, <laughs> it's illogical, dude. What? <laughs> we got walked 20 feet to a table, and they're no longer required masks when you sit down at the table. I'm like, holy crap, dude. Now, maybe I was being a little biased because I was hungry yeah. and pretty tired, and it was a little frustrating, but we, we didn't... We handled it well. I mean... Yeah, oh, it was net. We net. No, man. All, I mean, you know, that's the way you got to handle that stuff, man. Dude, I, you, I mean, talk about a freaking lesson for me, dude. Is that was, I get so fired up about stuff like that and just stuff that I find unbelievably illogical. And you're such a model of consistency, dude. <laughs> I mean, you are, man. Like, you know, you've bragged on, you brag on me sometimes, and that, that's, so I'm going to do it to you. I mean, you're a model of consistency, man. You'd never get frustrated or, or you never express frustration. I never show it. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say you never get frustrated because I mean, if you weren't frustrated, then something's wrong with you. Cause yeah, like, yeah. why would we have to go back to the car? But you don't show it, dude. And that rubs off on people that you're with because I'm young and wild and wanted to, I, I'd want to, I wanted to look at him and go, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, but but what you gotta think though, man, is it, here's this poor dude. It was, that's, well, that's, it wasn't his fault. That, right. But so that's yeah, what yeah. you know. But it's really hard to keep that into perspective. Exactly like, right. Here's this poor dude that's having to enforce this law. Yeah. If it's even a law, I don't even know how it's constitutionally. Like I don't even know how it can be considered yeah. a law. Good question. Um, but we're not gonna go down that freaking rabbit hole. But anyways, here's this dude that has to do this or he could potentially get fired he has to enforce this right yeah um and i'm just thinking man this dude's got a mask on i can tell this dude hates the fact that he has a freaking mask on <laughs> nobody wants to wear those things no. nobody wants go dude look the airport you see the misery on people's <laughs> face they do not want to freaking wear these things dude no. and so i'm just thinking about this guy and and you know, I'm I'm just like it's not him. 
It's no, not. It's it, not at all. As much as I want to freaking wring this guy's neck, it's not his fault. <laughs> nope. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, not at all. And he, you know, as much as he hated having to wear it, how much did he hate having to enforce it? Like you said, it's got to be so hard, man. I mean, because he because he does deal with people who do lose their emotions and lash out at him. Yeah. And then he's just, he's sick of dealing. I mean, I would get sick of dealing with that too. I would probably quit that job. I mean, I would have to quit that job. (laughs) There's no telling what that dude's had to deal with. And that's another reason why this makes me angry. And I'll just say this, like, you know, he shouldn't have to deal with that. His, His job is not to enforce a law in air quotes like that. His job is to work at that restaurant doing whatever he does, yeah. you know? So I, that's why I feel bad for him, too, is like, why is he even put in the position where he's having to enforce that? I, I just, guess I guess we should have had our masks with us, and he wouldn't have had to enforce it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so it's really no. it's really our fault. Yeah, don't get me. You, you're going to make me say something crazy, Chad. Man, I ain't <laughs> going down that rabbit hole. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't, I don't talk about I don't talk about all this crap that's going on. Yeah. Like I that's not my lane. I don't go down those rabbit holes. But I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, we're facing a lot bigger problems as not only just a nation, but as a global society. We're we have a lot bigger problems than wearing a freaking mask. Yep. Let me tell you right now. We were, all right. We were in the we were in the airport, and Noah tries to pay for his. We had just had a conversation about cash. Yeah, cash money. Noah tries to pay for his breakfast with cash because that's all he has. That's yeah. all you brought. I travel with cash too. Yeah. When I travel, I don't. I don't use my debit card or credit card. Yeah. I use cash when I'm traveling because I don't want to have to call a freaking bank and tell them where I'm at. I don't want to have to worry about somebody stealing my dang credit card number. I don't want to have to be concerned with any of that. So I go get cash out, and that's what I use when I travel. Um, there's other reasons too. But you try to pay with your freaking bre- for your breakfast with, with cash... And the lady literally will not accept your money. Yeah. It's- your money was worthless. <laughs> I mean, it Your was- money was literally worthless. Yeah. Waving it in front of her face, begging her to take it. Can't do it. Look, that's a freaking bigger problem than having to wear a mask, dude. Yeah. When you have, when you have <laughs> cash money that you cannot trade... For a product or a service, it is at that point worthless. It has zero value. Zero. I mean, it was like I was trying to pay her with Monopoly money. It really was. She looked at me like, why are you giving me this? You're giving me something that is not legal tender. Yep. It's not acceptable. It's not, it's yep. n- it's not worth the food that I'm giving you. How is that even legal? That wasn't the only store there either. No. That all of those stores had signs basically saying that they would not accept cash. Yeah. How is that legal? I don't know. That I mean, is not freaking legal, man. Yeah. That is a issue. 
Yeah, and it and it's one of many. <laughs> it's one. Of, well, what I'm saying is, we got bigger problems than wearing a mask, and that's why yeah. I'm not going down that rabbit and, hole. And, and you and you know, it probably shouldn't even go down that rabbit hole. But I'm glad you said what you said because the takeaway from this little part is wherever you fall on some of these minute details, listen. There are bigger issues. You are only doing yourself and the rest of society a major disservice if you ignore the fact that those issues exist. Period. And that's all I've got to say yeah. on that as well. So Yeah, that's uh I mean, I think that's that's a legit statement, man. I, I think though there's a lot of conversation around these issues right now like on both sides of the issue you've got the people that are you know all for everything that's going on and they think that it's right yeah then you've got people on the whole other end of the spectrum that they think it's totally wrong mm -hmm. all right i hear on podcasts i hear people just talking about these issues constantly and the whole time I'm listening to the conversations, I'm thinking, okay, if you disagree with it, like what are you what are you actually doing yeah. to change it? Like, I think you have to do more than just not ignore it. Like by them having those conversations on whatever the platform is. By having the conversation, you're no longer ignoring it. Yeah. But you're you're also not doing anything to make anything better. No. So it's just not enough. Yeah. You know, it's just not enough. And you know, and then the people that are on the side of well, if you take the mask thing, for instance, the people that are on the side of the mask thing, it's like there's so many there's you I can't figure out if that crap really works or not. Because go on Google and read about the mask thing, whether it works or whether it doesn't, whether it helps or whether it doesn't. Guess what you're going to find? What you want to find. Yeah. Because there are freaking hundreds of studies that have completely opposite conclusions. Findings, yeah. Findings. You have that there's like, there's like plenty of studies from very legitimate sources saying that it's a freaking hoax. And then there's an equal amount of studies from other legitimate sources that's saying it freaking helps. Yeah. So it's like, well, wow, you know, what do you freaking stand upon? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, freaking crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, I just want to get back to uh, valuing individual choice and liberty, you know? I mean, so your health is your responsibility and my health is my responsibility. Right. And why that is a debatable topic, I don't fully understand. But, you know, I think we both agree with that statement. So we can't have a debate about it. You know, we need to talk to somebody else who disagreed with us. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's my take on it. And, you know, why that's hard for people, I don't know, you know, because I think one of the debates is like it's this isn't an issue of individual liberty. It's an issue of public health. You know, that's what I've heard. And like when I hear that, I'm like, well, it may not be a, a an issue of individual liberty for you, but it is for me. 
because they're trying to tell me that I have to do something that I don't like, why do I have to, you know? So yeah, yeah. That, that's just, that's just my, my perspective on that. And you know, the conflicting information thing too is, is there's conflicting information out there about everything, you know, and there has to be a fine line between when you are analyzing something and when you are thinking about something, you need to do that a lot, by the way, you need to analyze everything and think deeply every day about a wide variety of issues, but not just want to be told what to do. Exactly. You like, there's a fine line and a balance between your analysis of something. Like think for yourself and also take the advice and legitimate studies serious, you know, like we, if we didn't learn from others, we wouldn't know jack crap, dude. Like, you know what I mean? If we spent all of our time in our own head and had no outside help, you wouldn't learn anything. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, if you, if you don't ever think for yourself either, you lose that skill. Mm -hmm. And when you lose that skill, you are 100% reliant on someone else to think for you. You can't do that forever, man. Not a, there's not always going to be somebody there for you. You to, can if you don't want to be free. Well, exactly. That's yeah, what I'm you, getting if at. If you want to be a subject. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at is like where where this is where that's headed is zero freedom. Not less freedom, zero freedom. And to me that is death. So, you can't put toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube, can you? Dude, you learned me that one, man. Man, if you get squirt a little toothpaste out. Yeah. Put it back in, brother. That's what's, you know. Yeah. I mean, Well, you know, and dude, I, you know, I'm very hesitant to even have this conversation and you know, but it is what it is, and I I think what kind of sparked this conversation for me is I haven't been out. I haven't really traveled since all of everything has changed Mm -hmm. you know i haven't i haven't traveled and going out this weekend and and going out and saying okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go out i'm gonna see what's happening yeah we we, you know we made that choice to go out we could have stayed at home yeah we didn't have to go out and and be a part of whatever's going on in the world i mean we're pretty isolated in the places that we live but when we made that decision Dude, it was eye-opening for me because it, it that is not what's happening here. Like this place here not that, to I, that level that yeah. I live, yeah, that I live in, it's like a whole. It's like I'm in a whole other country. It's and it was so astounding to me, dude. Like what was actually happening? Gosh, it was a freaking opened my eyes like crazy. Yeah, so and it's super important to choose your words carefully when you're talking about anything, (laughs) but something like this too, um, you know, because people do get, this has brought out emotions in people that are rarely seen. You know, we're, we're becoming a society that doesn't like to disagree and is not okay with disagreeing. Like I am perfectly okay. I like to talk to people that disagree with me. I mean, that that's enjoyable. Oh, I do too. And it challenges you, but but, you know, we we're already becoming a society that doesn't like that and doesn't like to be pressed on why they believe what they believe. Um, but 
you know, this particular has just got people in a way, man, to where it's like, if you disagree with me on this, not only is it not okay, you're a daggum threat to society. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so, so, so <laughs> that's so, a whole nother level. ain't it? Yeah. So, so when that's the, the, the consequences of someone disagreeing with you, man, people's behavior changes. I mean, they don't like, they don't mess around. It's not just like, oh, he disagrees with me. That's okay. You know, people have different opinions. It's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, we got to take this dude out. He, he, so. Yeah, that's another level. But why are we even freaking talking about this, man? Uh, on the 307 podcast, right? Because this is, we, we, part of the three is the soul, right? The yeah. mind, the will, and the emotions. If there was ever a time for you to practice controlling your emotions. It's right now. It's right now. It's right now. Pra- bringing those emotions into subjection. All of these topics, well, the last few topics that we have just discussed, yeah. are very emotional topics for people. And it's not time to just go out and freaking blow your load all over social media and, and every. It's time to bring those emotions into subjection and, like Noah said, analyze what's out there to be analyzed and also don't be afraid to think for yourself. And so I feel like that's how that conversation ties into 307 Project, you know, is is controlling that, that soul part of yourself. And, you know, that exercise for me with the young man, at the restaurant, man, like internally, yes, I was frustrated. I was hungry. I was tired. I thought it was silly that I couldn't do this. Freaking, oh, I got my beard braided. <laughs> that I couldn't pull my pull shirt, shirt up, up over my face and walk 20 steps to my dang table. Not even 20 steps, 20 feet yeah. to my table and sit down and have a dinner. There was nobody else. At that table was totally isolated. Like, yes, internally I was frustrated, but... I mean, I have to lead by example, man. This is my this is my mission. This is the way I this is what I live by. This is what I believe in. And so that was a great opportunity for me to put myself in a position where I had to control those emotions of frustration, um, maybe the fact that I didn't understand, you know, why this was happening, why why I was being asked to do this and that I saw it as an illogical thing, but yeah, still I, I had to, I had to play that game. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, this, I mean, in my opinion, it absolutely has to do with three of seven, man. It's you know, body, soul, and spirit. This conversation, you know, and I think this makes a lot of conversations make people uncomfortable, uh, and this one in particular makes people uncomfortable. But if I have a word of advice in the midst of this it's to have uncomfortable conversations Mm, yeah have them that's a that's a really good point man and i i think i think that might be something that i think that that's something that i'm developing in my own life is uh being able to have those uncomfortable conversations i i think i think though you have to have a leg to stand on yeah. So, all right. So, if I would have had this conversation with you a week ago, before this trip, yeah, I had not traveled. I was living in my bubble, right? 
it wouldn't have been proper for me to have had this conversation. Right. Because I, I didn't go out there and see what was actually happening in our country. Like, what was going on? I don't watch news. Like, right. I don't have any outside... I don't have any outside stuff coming in when I'm in my dang compound, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing. Before you go and have that uncomfortable conversation, make sure you go out and and think for yourself and analyze what's happening and see it firsthand. Yeah. And then formulate your opinion and then be open enough and humble enough to have those conversations. And please, 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 before you try to have it, recognize why it is uncomfortable to you. That's a good point. No, no, recognize and know why it is uncomfortable to you. Because a lot of this conversation is uncomfortable for people. Have you asked yourself why it is? Is it be, Most of the time when you ask yourself that, it's because it challenges you and you maybe don't know a lot about it mm-hmm. and that bothers you and you don't want to like listen man I, so first of all let me say this i don't know a lot about well for that matter a lot of things almost everything but this too man oh yeah i'm but, not a doctor or a nurse or anything no. else like and i'm not giving medical advice but i'm giving advice for how to think and process during a time that is Wrecking our country or could wreck our, you know, is well, I, like, I, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, um, I don't, I don't use the word uncertainty because that's, I mean, I think that's a silly way to describe it. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just, it's more of just, uh, the foundations are getting a little shaky. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's when it's time. That's when you're on the top of Lone Peak and you need to tighten up. A hundred percent, man. You need you need to get solid. You need to know where you're putting your foot and test it and make sure it's solid. Yep. Yep. All right, man. I mean hour and a half. Yeah. I didn't expect it to go that long. We'll <laughs> we'll wrap it up right there. Um I want to read a few of the comments on the Instagram live just to see what people uh had going. So uh yeah, we'll wrap it up. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Noah, where can people follow you on Instagram? Yeah, I'm uh Noah underscore Cochran one. Uh you should be able to find it. Uh if not, I usually just say you weren't meant to, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you guys go follow Noah. Uh, there's a lot of missions that uh, Noah and I will be doing together in the near future. So, yeah, follow me. Go follow Noah. Thanks a lot, guys. This is the 3 of 7 podcast. Enough said.